Welcome to the United Church Podcast. We're a new church here in Seattle committed to an ethic of love and walking in the ways of Jesus. We're striving to be a people united, united with Jesus, each other, ourselves, and the world around us. We hope you're encouraged and challenged by this week's homily. May the peace of Christ be with you. For God so loved the world. (laughs) He laughed. For God so loved the world. Do you think he could love us a little less? Because all of this attention we're getting from him right now, it feels like abuse. I I didn't know how to respond. I, I mean, we had been talking about how everything in the world around us felt like it was falling apart, like it was like it was crumbling and falling through our fingers like sand. He looked at me, the the fear and and pain evident in his eyes, and he said, Everywhere you look, hate is all you see. And my skin, my skin is the target. We like to say that hate is on the rise, but for men like me, hate has always been. I listened as the scripture he kept repeating rattled around my head, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world. I had memorized that verse in kindergarten. It had always been a comfort to me. A a regularly referenced sight at the Super Bowl by the rainbow wig guy. A, A joke to some, a comfort to others, a spectacle for the rest. For God so loved the world. Let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed. He began reciting one of the most profound poets of our day, Langston Hughes. Let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed. Let it be the great strong land of love where never kings connive nor tyrants scheme that any man be crushed by one above. America was never America for me. We had gotten to know each other in the chop a bit. He strolled up to our makeshift interfaith chaplain's table and and asked what interfaith meant and what I was. Should I call you father? He chuckled as he placed his hands near me. Aaron's fine, I smiled. Interfaith is a gathering of all peoples of faith in unity and solidarity with one another and a welcome space for those with no faith if they're comfortable, I said. What do you do here, he asked. We we hold the space for each other. We tend to the moment and care for what needs to be cared for. I'll hold your anger with you, your despair, your terror, terror, your sorrow. I'll hold it with you. I, I won't claim it as my own. I'll simply take what you can't, however you need me to. What about my thoughts? He shook his head. For God so loved the world, eh? Does he still? Will he still? And why? Or maybe this is what his love actually looks like. Pain. Hurt. Perhaps God is putting giant cosmic sadist and doesn't really know what love actually is. Because, because, you know, I could do 
with a lot less of this type of love. This was my father's type of love, he said, and I escaped its clutches as soon as I could, but I never was able to break free because for God so loved the world. I could hear the question behind the question. What if we've got it all wrong about who this God is? What if God isn't actually who he says he is? What if, what if we've been fooled? And you know, I think these questions are some of the biggest questions of our faith. The questions that, that sometimes we just can't shake. The questions we feel guilty about. The ones that cause shame. The ones we just don't want to name. The ones we never, ever say out loud. And it's fair to say that we've all walked through these types of questions in this season, isn't it? 53. We've been in this online world, this online space for 53 weeks now. We've inhabited this new reality in search of our next normal, waiting and hoping that it would arrive sooner rather than later, that it would give reprieve to our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual exhaustion. I walk around our neighborhood, and I see murals painted on plywood, covering up storefront windows and doors of shuttered businesses, telling me that everything's going to be okay. And we wait. We wait for that to be true, for everything to finally be okay, that we'll simply wake up one morning to the next normal, whatever that may be, and move on from this expansive desert experience. And I know we long to see one another, to move beyond this screen, to even engage in pointless small talk for a change around a table, just to be near each other, holding the space, tending to the moment, and caring for what needs to be cared for, holding each other's anger and despair, terror and sorrow, not claiming it as my own or one-upping each other's experiences, but to simply take on what you cannot, however we need each other to. This is what it means to say you'll never walk alone. And here, in this 53-week expanse, this void of presence, it's, it's been hard to live this out. We long for presence and, f- and for rest from this void. Sure, we may say that we need a vacation, that we just want to travel somewhere far away, but beneath that longing is a longing for something greater and grander. We long for true rest, A rest that feels so far off in the distance. A rest that that many of us can't even see coming. 53 weeks. 53 weeks. This is a milestone. Not of accomplishment, but of grief and pain. Of absence and longing. Of wandering in the desert, pondering the question, for God so loved the world (laughs) that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. These two verses joined together, memorized at a a tender age, were always purported to be a source of hope, 
a source of joy, a source of salvation, that no matter the terror and fear, no matter the pain and hurt, no matter the awfulness that surrounds us, God was lighting a way forward. God was lighting a path ahead. God was showing us the next right thing through Jesus. And I know that it's easy to rest back and wonder, what if God's promises aren't true? What if he didn't actually mean it? What, what if I'm just gullible? And those questions, they don't go away easily. And I'm actually not here to assuage those questions, to tell you the answers, because I can't give you the answers. Only you can discover those for yourself. The wrestle is the journey, and it's okay. It's okay to sit in those questions, to allow those questions to wash over you, to cover you in the muck and mire. It's not fun, that's for sure, but it is good. For God so loved the world. You see, I've become convinced of this. And, and even though sometimes the craziness of the world around us and all of its flaming hot garbage can smudge the image or just flat out cover over the reality of God's love, I, I'm convinced that it's still there. We just can't quite see it in the moment. And that's why we need each other. And that's why this season of absence has been so difficult. We need each other. We just haven't been able to be present enough to guide each other through the muck, to see God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish. Will not perish. We need each other to be reminded that, that even though it feels like we're withering on the vine, we will not perish. We'll make it through because light has come into the world. Each of us, each of us are wounded, especially in this season. Each of us have hurts and pains that we're carrying with us that have, that have torn us open and laid us bare. They've turned, turned us into two. It, it feels like we just can't escape the pain and we simply want to cover it up. We want the wound to go away, to simply heal and disappear. And we're so averse to suffering and pain, you know? I love how the 13th century Persian poet Rumi put it. The wound is where the light enters you. The wound is where the light enters you. Our wounds are important. They allow the goodness of God's light, of God's love, through Jesus to be made known in us. If, if only we'd embrace the wound in a way that allows the light to enter in. This, this is the belief that Jesus speaks of, that, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. There is a healing light, a healing balm that is available to all of us through Jesus, that, that seeks to point us in a different understanding of God's love, that, that transforms our hurts and our pains in, in ways that we have yet to even know. And it's through our pain our hurts, our suffering, 
that we get to embody something different to the world. We get to embody the light of Jesus to those that we may see and meet. You see, we're all going to exit this pandemic and this season of hurt and pain in the near future. And therein, we're each going to have a beautiful opportunity to reveal to those around us that the light is winning. We're going to have a beautiful opportunity to reveal the hope of Jesus in our midst because we have let the light come into our being. Child of the good, born of the light, you yourself, a light. We get to reveal the light. We get to be the light. And after 53 weeks, we can still know that the light is winning. Dr. Cornell West once said of his deep and profound Christian faith, a faith that for him was forged in the depths of pain and hurt. To be a Christian is to live dangerously, freely, to step in the name of love as if you may land on nothing, yet to keep on stepping. Because the something that sustains you, no empire can give you, and no empire can take away. There's a freedom in this belief. There's a freedom in this Jesus. A freedom to step in new ways that give the rest we're looking for. The rest that we long for. You see, Jock Elul once said that Christians were never meant to be normal. We've always been holy troublemakers. We've always been creators of uncertainty, agents of dimension that's incompatible with the status quo. We do not accept the world as it is, but we insist on the world becoming the way that God wants it to be. And the kingdom of God is different from the patterns of this world. We're a different people who find the spark of hope in the darkest places, in the spheres where hopelessness seems to reign supreme. We walk into that space. We move into that space. We act and create and love in that space. For God so loved the world. He stood there in front of me with his head tilted slightly down. I was desperate to say something profound, but I knew that I didn't have the words. There was nothing that I could say in that moment that would change what he was feeling, what he was thinking. And so I reached out and placed my hand on his shoulder and just held the space with him. I whispered ever so softly, Jesus loves you light of the world, the light is winning. His shoulder trembled beneath my hand, the, the heavy sighs of grief. Sometimes all we need to hear is that little line of hope. And so in this season, 53 weeks in, may you know that Jesus loves you. The light of the world, he loves you. The light is winning. And so you, my friends, my family that call ourselves united, may we see the love of Jesus. May we feel the love of Jesus. May we be the love of Jesus to everyone we meet and to all we know, both now and forevermore. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to this week's homily. If you're in Seattle, we'd love for you to join us at 1316 Third Avenue West in Queen Anne. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit unitedchurch.gives to partner with us financially. Be in peace and God bless.